0: I have a question um, for Nancy. Um, so this is a spicy one, guys, okay? <laughs> uh, women desire to be pursued by men. Hallelujah. <laughs> At times, the desire is so much that women end up doing the pursuing due to impatience, hopelessness, the need to be in control, etc. Do you have any advice on how to wait patiently on the Lord for a husband and still feel secure? Oh my God I
1: could talk could talk forever about this. Um am, do we have time I can I comment on the previous question as well or do we have time? If we don't have time that's okay. I won't say anything. Yeah. Are we just, just get um maybe I'll tie it all in together. Um So I I don't know most of the people here. I've been single since I've become Christian. So I've been single for almost 20 years. I have not dated at all. I'm not saying don't date, by the way. (laughs) That's just what the Lord decided to do in my life. Um, And so I've been through the ups and downs. And I've been mad at God. And I've been, and there was a period in my life, I would say it was almost a decade or something, where it's tying back to the previous question Where truly I thought it was because of me not being desirable enough. Because that's what the world will say, right? The world will say, you know, it's, the world will make it all, reduce me basically to just my appearance. And I'm not saying that appearance doesn't matter. It does, but I think what the world does is it often reduces women, right? Um, And by the way, I don't think it's, we're not what we look like and we're not what we do either. So I don't want to base who I am even on my accomplishments or my successes or like my looks or whatever. How many guys liked me? Um, And so in that decade or so, God, by his grace, what he did was he stripped everything that I used to base my identity on. Mm. Everything. Um, And before I was Christian, the kind of person I was was I was like sorority chick. Um, (laughs) Lots of guys. Um, never just had one guy, cause I, it was never enough, right? Like I don't know if you guys know what that feels like, where the attention of one man is just not enough, and that's how it felt. It was like I had these great men, and then it wasn't enough, and I always had to have more because the the void in my heart was so deep. Wow. And I became Christian, and God took everything away, and where all I was left was with was with was with Him. Um, he even took away like my worldly success or whatever. Um, and so in that time of learning how to wait, I think the most important thing, and this doesn't just apply to me being a single woman, and I, is knowing how to go to God for everything. Like, knowing how to run to him and not from him. Like, in those moments, I, mean, I was mad. There were times when I was journaling, I would just literally write cuss words. I was so mad because I was like, God, you took away all my toys. That's what it felt like. Wow. Everything that I had pleasure and joy in. Like, you took it all away. How, like? Like, literally, I <laughs> would just write F, like, and I was so mad at God. But this is the thing. It's like in the Psalms, right, it's like in, in, in one Psalm you can see King David cursing things and then being, oh, but the Lord, you're so good. And I, yeah. Right? In one Psalm. And that's what it was like going to God. And then in that face-to-face, like heart-to-heart, letting him speak to me. And that's the sort other of thing, like going to God and then also learning how to let yourself be comforted by God. I think sometimes I, some people think are like, my palm is too big for God to comfort me. Oh, I can't receive your comfort. But man, like if he can't comfort you, then who can? Yeah. Not even a husband can then. Yeah. Not even a man can then if, if God can't comfort you. Yeah. And so it's learning like, okay, I go to God. I learn how to let him comfort me. And then I learn to like what I call our like kingdom principles. Because yeah. then the, by the way, I think all this When the world has certain standards, I think it's all foolishness. I think it's a bunch of BS. The gods, no, honestly, like, God says the wisdom of the world, it's foolishness. So I don't pay attention to what they say about beauty or success. I'm like, that's foolishness. Because the world also will measure your life based on your earthly life, right? It's like, the whole point is, like, how to make you age well and retire well. But we have eternity as the trajectory, right? Like, and so... What carries through eternity is our spirit, not this body. I'll have a glorified body, not my face, not my successes. It's the spirit that will carry through eternity. So it's like, so, okay, God, like, how do I grow spiritually? Like, what are spiritual kingdom principles? And it's things like humility, submission, right, honor, obedience, um, relationship, like, principles that, like, will build up your spirit that the world has nothing to say about. Every, like, the world has nothing to say about those things. It's only, you can only learn that stuff from the Lord. Um, And so in that time when I was single, like, okay, Lord, like, build me up in my spirit. Um, And then it became, and the things that used to matter don't matter so much anymore now, I guess you could say. Like, and now I'm in this place where, yeah, I want to get married. And honestly, like, God's given me, like, so many dreams about, like, not just my husband, but my kids, too. So it's like I desire those things. It's not like, oh, like I don't want them anymore. I'm so holy now. Like, no, no like I really, I do. Like I've, I have I've dreams about my kids and stuff. But at the same time, I'm like, but God, you're so good. Like learning to, because I learned to let him comfort me, getting to know who he is, like his thoughts, and learning to, I wish they, I actually forgot to say, like falling in love with him. Yeah. Not just loving him, but falling in love with him. Because Jesus was, Perfectly God, but perp- perfectly a man as well. Yeah. Um, and so learning to fall in love with him and then letting the things that really matter matter and things yeah. that don't matter mm-hmm. matter so much, yeah. I guess. Cool. I know. That's yeah. good.
0: Yeah. That was really good. Um, so, I mean, I like. I think Nancy said so many good things. Are we recording this, Nicole? Okay, good. I was, like, trying to take it all in. I was like, yes, yes, yes. That's so good. Um, so um, we've kind of talked a little bit about um, what the world's standards are, but what what's God's standard and what the world is saying matters less um, and what God is saying matters more. Um, and so we have a question about um, if you've had sex before marriage, in what ways can you experience restoration when you don't feel like you deserve
2: it? Pastor Diane, can you well, help us out? Yes, absolutely. One thing, um, the scripture says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for yeah. the law of sin and death has set you free. And I think what we do, especially when it comes to sexual sins, we have big sins and then we have little sins. And the Lord spoke to me years ago. He said, Diane, sin is sin. And that's another worldly standard, okay? The world measures things. I mean, you know, in so many degrees. If you steal, if you lie, it's all sin. And what you can do is you simply ask for forgiveness. The blood of Jesus has washed us clean. And I'm going to teach and give you some tools so you can hopefully, you know, abstain. But if you do fall, God has repentance to come into your heart. And the Lord doesn't want you to continue. It's like when you know better, you do better. And when you read the word, and God can keep you when you're a single woman. He can keep you. He can, as Nancy was stating about falling in love with the Lord, getting in his, getting into his presence. And uh, the scripture says he always makes a way of escape, meaning uh, you don't have to put yourself in a position where you're going to be vulnerable yeah. and fall. You, you know, you have to put some guardrails around you. Put some boundaries around you. But I would say God's forgiveness is there for sexual uh, impurity and sexual sin, just as it is for any other type of sin. And his forgiveness, his blood, it washes you clean. And when you stand before him, you're the bride of Christ. When you stand before your husband, you can become a renewed virgin. Amen? But you just got to put a lock on it until he puts a ring on it, right? <laughs> so, amen. So, it's, again, now, uh, and remember, no condemnation. Because we're under the blood. Put a lock on it until he puts a ring on it. And I I can even give you another word. You can even challenge the man. If you really, really love him, ask him, will he marry you right now? Say, well, you know, we're going to stand before God and these witnesses. And, you know, if if you have a man that you really love and you want him to marry you, put him to the test. Say, are you willing to marry me right now before God? And if if he's for you, he will, I mean, you know, I'm saying he will say, I'm going to stop. We're going to stop living like this and I'm going to marry him. But if he, if he doesn't, then he doesn't deserve you. He doesn't deserve you. All right. So I'm going to, you all are taking a little bit of my message. So I hope that helps. All right. Pastor Diane said, put a lock on it. Y'all. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. So speaking of sexual immorality, um, sexual immorality is something that a lot of women struggle with. I would say a lot of people, individually, struggle with it. Um, it can often come in different forms, i.e. sex, premarital sex, oral sex, masturbation, unnatural affection, um, etc. cetera. Um, and this is a, a question that someone posed, though. They said, I don't feel it's really addressed towards women, therefore, women can often feel more shameful. How do we learn to root ourselves in Christ's teaching regarding purity? Um, And so there are a couple parts to this question. So that's the first part. That's the first question that I'm going to ask. How do we root ourselves in Christ's teaching regarding purity? And Anna, if you can answer that question for us. Wow.
3: Okay. Um, think like when we look around us like um in the social media and just like whatever's on tv like I feel like like just the topic of sex is just always like in your face you know and and I think like it it, even in our music and everything and I feel like it's like oversaturated and that like it comes to a point where things become numb and it becomes like like a, a lifestyle like I think like even in like I think for me, like, growing up, like, in middle school, like, I was in eighth grade. I just remember having conversations with my friends, and they were ready to, like, have sex, right? When you're eighth grade, like, are you're plus five. So it's like 13, you're 13 years old, you know? And so I, I remember having conversation with a friend while I was in high school, and she was in a relationship, and she was talking about... Um, You know, how she was, she was going through things with her boyfriend, I think we were seniors at the time. But she was like, you know, I'm really upset at him. So I'm gonna sleep with this other guy. And I remember just having this conversation and I was like, wow, like, like that's kind of extreme. But I remember she said something that really stuck to me. She said, it's just sex. And I feel like, just like in, like inner society, like, Because of that, you know, um, sex is a very beautiful thing, you know. Like, God created, um, you know, for man and woman. You know, it's an expression of love, you know. And I feel like, you know, when we, um, like, when we don't understand, like, what it means to God and his heart, like, we can um, devalue it. So, I think, like, in terms of purity, like, I think growing up in more of a conservative church, like, the only thing you hear about sex is, like, don't do it, you know? <laughs> so I think, like, like if we tell ourselves, like, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, right? Like, like I, I feel like now you just kind of become someone that, like, I'm just doing what's right, right? But then actually understanding, like, God's heart behind sex, you know, and purity, like, um, I think, like, in terms of abstinence or even, like, um, in relationships like it helps us to understand like why you know so i feel like in i i feel like for me like early on in our, you know my relationship with jj i feel like you know like all we know is like don't do it don't do it right and then i think that struggle is hard because when you really like you're attracted to someone you really like love someone like you want to give yourself right but i think like when you take god's heart and understand that you know like i have this for you to express your love like marriage, you know, and I feel like um, in that case, like, just understanding God's heart behind purity, like, helps us to um, really, like, like, it's not just, like, you know, like, you know, list of things that you can or cannot do, but it becomes easier, right? Because, like, when you love your father and you know that your father loves you, I feel like it's easier to obey because you know your father's heart, so... That's good.
0: That's good. Um, thank you, Anna. And so I'm going to give another part of the question that it says, are there spiritual consequences? So the previous question is, remember, we talk, we're talking about sexual immorality, premarital sex, oral sex, masturbation, unnatural affection. Are there spiritual consequences to these things? Um, and, what, and what are they? Uh, Pastor Timway, can you answer the
4: question for us? Um, yeah, I I can even tell you just from personal experience, you know, as um, uh, a young woman, you know, I was kind of victimized and, you know, I experienced a lot of like sexual abuse and things like that. And I remember um, as I was getting older, and this was even before I knew the Lord, I started like experiencing like really demonic, you know. Attacks on my on myself. Even when I slept, it got to the point where, like, I would I would be so scared to fall asleep because it felt like someone was coming to rape me at night. Like it was it was always that intense. And for a while, I didn't know what that was because, like I said, I wasn't even saved then. But when I became um, a Christian and I was sharing it with uh, someone one time, and they told me, like, yeah, that's a spirit. And a lot of times when you've been, whether it's voluntarily or by accident or involuntarily, there are there are loopholes that open in the spirit yeah. where, you know, things come in that you're now exposed to. And what happens is it also does something up here and your mind kind of takes a different route too. And so, um, and it took a lot of like inner healing and prayer and, you know, to get through that, and it took years and years of just prayer and inner healing. But there are definitely, um, you know, consequences in the spirit for that. And it takes. Um, it, it, I think if if we talk about these things ahead of time, and you know, really take that stigma out of the talk of sex, and really, this is part of the things that we have to learn. This is like you said, learning the father's heart. That's part of it. Is that what happens in the spirit? when those things, when you're open to that, you know? And so um, it's definitely a big part of why you're not supposed to till a certain time. There's there's the reason why you wait till yeah. that certain time. And so um, I would definitely say yes.
2: <laughs> yeah. I wrote a book about sex. <laughs> the Holy Spirit told me uh, to write a book. And let me tell you one thing about sexual sin, and I need to say this. It's the only sin that's outside of the body. Meaning, when you have sexual intercourse with someone, you become one flesh with them. That's that's the the heinous thing about it. So what happens is, when you literally have sex with some man that's not your husband, you're technically you're having sex with him and whoever else he's had sex with. And even in marriage, when there's a lot of promiscuity before the two of you come together there's some consequences. There's some soul ties, okay? You, you know, um, I don't want to go too deep into this, but there, there are consequences. And that's why, and the Lord spoke this to me. I don't want to keep saying the Lord spoke this to me, but he did in this book. He told me sexual intercourse is God's wedding gift to married couples. Yeah. And it's a gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> it really is. When you become one with the man that God's chosen for you, it just gets better and better and better and stronger and stronger. I can always tell when couples are not having sex. From marriage constantly now, when we come into marriage constantly. Because there's friction, there's tension, there's anxiety. And so you can always tell. And so that's why you can't, as a woman, and I'm speaking now to married women and to future married women, you can't withhold your body from your husband. Meaning you can't manipulate him with sex. You say, I'm not gonna give you anything. You ain't been right, you ain't acting mean. (laughs) You know you can't you can't do that because it's, and it's in the scripture Paul says don't defraud one another you know except for prayer and fasting, and you can't call a fast at ten o'clock at night you know when he's ready to make love and be intimate with you, and the same thing for him because it works both ways, so it's a gift that God has given to married couples, and that's why you're you're you, you know your treasure that's why you can't give yourself to anybody it's just it's the most precious gift that you can ever give to your husband. And again, you're becoming one. You're one flesh. You're no longer two, but you're one flesh. And that's why it's so critical that we preserve ourselves. We teach our daughters. And you're right. The world has its standards because you say, well, you know, everybody's doing it. It must not be that bad. Oh, but it is that bad. And people don't understand there are consequences that are um, dire to you doing um, having intercourse outside of marriage. That's
1: good or no no pastor Sunny said yes so I can uh the other question too was about like if you've had sex before marriage so I'm be real like because I've lived most of my life not as a Christian so I have done it all (laughs) with anyways so um (laughs) Lord have mercy um and then the, the problem too is that because I have then it's like oh I know what it feels like and so when I then became a Christian and then I could no longer do that, it was, okay, how do, I, how do I navigate that? It's not just, like, that question, right? It's not just about sex, but it's, like, pleasuring yourself, all kinds of yeah. stuff, anything sexual, right? And what I would say is that one thing that God taught me is I think a lot of times, like, I, I don't want to generalize, but I think a lot of times when women want sex, they actually, what we want is intimacy, actually. Right. And so it's realizing, oh, the root of it isn't just, like, a physical lust. It's, yeah. like, a desire to, I want intimacy. Yeah. Um, and then was learning, like, okay, Lord. Um, and the second part of that is sort of, okay, well, I want intimacy. Who can I be intimate with right now? I can be intimate with Jesus. <laughs> like, and I mean, that sounds like an ultra-Christian answer, but it's true. Like, there are times when you have to worship it out. <laughs> you have to pray it out. You have to go again, again, go before God. And another thing is, like, learning to, like, how we're talking about in the space, talk to it with a trusted friend. Um, like the word says, right, confess your sins to one another and then be healed. Um and so I have a trusted friend that we confess to each other, like when we're feeling like, hey, I feel particularly like lustful today or something. Um and we know that we're safe and we can like say and once you say it, it almost like decreases the power of it over your life. Um I think the other thing is too like I think it's a good thing also in our spirits to learn how to resist the devil. It's not a bad thing. Like, if we get faced with temptation, it's not always like, oh, God. Like, but actually, okay, no, I can strengthen my spirit in the Lord. How do I learn to resist the devil? Yeah, yeah. Like, honestly, like, this is a, this is a battle. Like, yeah. And so it's good to, how do I get sharpened? How do I learn how to resist the devil? And then he will flee. Wow. Um, and so I think there's merit in, in learning that as well. Yeah. Amen.
0: So good. So many good answers. I wish that we can go on and on, but we can't. Um, but, I really do want to say thank you for each one of the panelists who shared with us today, like their thoughts and their and their heart with us. Um, you know this whole thing is about how to feel fulfilled and I think that in our journey of being fulfilled, you know some of these questions we we have to deal with them yeah. right We come across some of these challenges in terms of like whether it 's with transitioning in life from being single to being married from not having children to having children, self-worth, what does the world say, what does God say, who we are in Christ and Um, Even those sexual things, you know, we face all of these things in our journey of like really understanding what it means to be fulfilled. And so um, I'm hoping that as we continue throughout this night, we have a couple more things that you're able to maybe jot down some things, like maybe something that you heard tonight. Hopefully you're taking notes on your phone or you have a little, your journal and things like that. And that you're you're writing down these ideas that come to you that the Lord is speaking and that you go home and you process with God yeah. as God is helping us on this journey of fulfillment. So, if we can give each one of our panelists a hand and thank them for coming on tonight
2: and sharing with us,
0: I'm sure we'll do this again.